All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Damas y caballeros, estamos de regreso. Today is Tuesday, August 8th, year of our Lord, 2023. It is officially first day of school for many children across the nation. Keep up in prayer, ladies and gentlemen. I know some of you have said, well, Anthony, mine started like two weeks ago. And some people are saying, you know, but Anthony, it's only the second week of August. Why? Ladies and gentlemen, we live in a big old nation. I don't know. Ask the, ask the schools why these why why these weird time frames. Come on, man. Come on, man. Uh, but good morning to everybody, Miss Mari, Miss Queso, Miss Jessica, Miss uh, Nicole, who's already begun her sassiness. What's up, Daniel? Over on Facebook. What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome back to another YouTube. This is Informed Daily. I am your host, Anthony Cabasa. And uh, looking forward, looking forward to today's segment. Um, we've got a lot, a lot of good things, lots of cover here today. A lot of breaking news. I got a couple of breaking news here for you guys. Uh, but like I said, um, it was uh, you know just a little bit of personal side note before we begin the show. Um, you know, we sat down as a family yesterday. We we had some dinner. We went over some of our greatest memories, some of our greatest hits as a Cabasa family. Uh, going uh, into the summer and then now coming out of the summer vacation, that is obviously summer is still very much and alive. The triple digits indicate so across the nation, but it was a, it was a good one, man. And there was a lot of memories created. There was a lot of memories shared. There was a lot of laughters. There was a lot of crying. There was a lot of good stuff and it's, it's good to reflect on these things. It's good to, to, Remind ourselves to take that break. You know, obviously, this doesn't affect homeschooling parents, which, you know, kudos to them, which I will say. Uh, not a big fan. If you're homeschooling, amazing. You know, you get the opportunity to do so. Right. Good. And and personally, it is my personal belief. We should all strive to to bring back that homesteadness. Right. Of. The father goes off to work, makes enough money so that he can provide for the family, so that the wife, if she so chooses, stays at home, homeschools the children, homesteads. Good. Now, with that said, I'm not a big fan of the women that come after people that have children in school that say, I would never allow my children to be indoctrinated. I would never allow my children to go to public school. That's all That's all fine and dandy, right? I have one comment here, for example. And this is just like one of many. Uh, this I found this on social media and it says, imagine being excited to send your children back to the indoctrination center. I homeschool mine and enjoy it every day. She will never set foot in a public school. And this was actually like a public comment. I was like, looking through some videos uh, over on the Instagram, on the interwebs. And it was this mom that had made a nice little video of like her kid going back to school. And then for whatever reason, homeschool moms decided to attack this woman and say, imagine being excited about sending your children off. Here's one thing I will say, like I said, being able to homeschool and it's okay if it triggers some people is a privilege slash opportunity that not many can afford uh, whether it's two working parents 
whether it is because it's a single parent home, especially here in Los Angeles, there's a lot of single parent homes. There's a lot of moms that if they don't work, they don't have income. Um, now, of course, it is very nuanced. Whose fault is it? So on and so forth. I think a lot of it is a detriment of societal standards. A lot of it is a detriment to higher education. I think a lot of it is a detriment that society has been working for a long time through decades and decades and decades of radical feminization, the feminist movement, et cetera, that has essentially created the society that we have today. The woman belongs in corporate America while the children go off to school. And then through the decades, the school and the public education system has gotten severely worse. Now, again, there's a lot of people to blame. You know, some people say they don't have kids if you can't homeschool. Wow. Like that, that's some uh, pretty privileged points of views. There are a lot of people uh, who homeschool and that's good. There's a lot of people that make lots of sacrifices to be able to homeschool. I used the word privilege one time when I talked about homeschooling and boy, oh boy, did they come after me. And I think they're missing the point completely. If you homeschool, you are privileged. Point blank. You have the privilege that your husband works. You have the privilege that you have a husband that makes enough money. Even if you are making sacrifices, if you are living paycheck, hey, we have a two-income household. We still live paycheck to paycheck. There are couples that don't make as much as you and your husband or whatever the case might be. But homeschooling in today's America is definitely a privilege and opportunity. Oh, but Anthony, I had to move. I had to uproot my family and switch to a different state. Well, guess what? My brother and sister in Christ, there's people that don't have that privilege or opportunity to move states because they own nothing. You sold your house, made some profit, and then you move to a different state where it's a lot cheaper and your husband or spouse probably got a better job. Cost of living is a lot less expensive. Yes, absolutely. I agree. It is a sacrifice that you made, but it is not an opportunity granted to many. Now, don't worry. Today's podcast is not coming after the stay-at-home moms or anything like that. There's a lot of great stay-at-home uh, stay parents. There's a lot of uh, homeschooling parents. Uh, including ones that I've interviewed that still go out to school board meetings to inform parents, to tell them that there is choice and see if they have the opportunity also maybe to be able to homeschool their parents. But personally, and I just want to make this very clear, I'm not a big fan of content creators, moms out there that do their best with everything. You know who I really blame? I blame boomers. This is all their fault. They should have fought a lot harder so that society and everything that we see today is not as hard. So if anything, if anyone's to be angry at me, it's the boomers because I'm blaming them. They should have fought a lot harder, a lot harder so that the America they knew was still alive and well today. I would love to be able to buy a house for $20 the way boomers did, right? I'd love that for myself, but no. Now we're looking at $1 million homes. Thanks a lot, boomers and plus older people that did nothing to preserve America. Thanks a lot. While the Federal Reserve was freaking sucking us dry, you're out there talking about how back in your day. Thanks a lot, boomers. Okay, all kidding aside. Like I said, nothing against stay-at-home moms. Nothing against 
you know, parents that um, homeschool. I, I want to work toward that America. I'm all for that. I'd love to see it across the board. I wish everyone was gifted that opportunity. And like I said, some people make sacrifices. They uproot their families. They move to a different state, et cetera. Again, for millions of Americans, uprooting their families and moving to a different state, it's not, it's not, it's not even a hypothetical for them. It's maybe a dream. So be thankful, right? But what I am saying is I'm not a big fan of the <laughs> of the people that just think that they're just better than everyone because they homeschool their children and say, imagine being excited to send your children back to the indoctrination center. I have three kids. All three of them are Christian. We raise them Christian with traditional values and Christian values. And all three kids have been in public education their entire life. And two of the three have already received Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior and been baptized. So maybe, just maybe, not every single school, maybe, just maybe, talk to your kids every day, even if they go to school, even if they homeschool. Just saying. Just saying. I don't know. You know? Um, no, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Megan says, you know, I homeschool and also work along with my husband. We make sacrifices to homeschool. I wish I could just stay at home and only have my husband work, but we can't do that. Oh, yeah, it's that's a reality for many. I, I wish, like, dude, you don't think I feel bad that, like, I wish I made enough so that my wife could stay at home. And and it's it's something that I struggle with because I am a man, and I, I do consider myself very traditional. Um, but I'm not going to beat myself up over it. You know, I understand that these are unprecedented times. I understand that the economy is not good. I understand that this is the hardest times to live through in America. I mean, you're talking about inflation record highs. You're talking about food record highs. You're talking about APR for houses record high. It's, it's it, And you're talking about California record high cost of living, right? I, I, I wish I could, you know, but my ministry is here in California. And so this is where I'll stay and, and, and we'll go through the nuances. We'll go through what we need to do. And, and to me, God's calling is more than my pride of I just want to move somewhere easy so that my wife can just stay at home. Um, we're doing just fine. You know, I, I'm at home now. One day she will be at home herself. I'm able to help out with the kids because I am a parent after all. I, I like when people say like, oh, you know, like it's, it's your turn to take care of the kids this time. And I'm like, no, I'm just a dad. <laughs> like it's my responsibility also. Um. But yeah, man, you know, have faith in God that uh, I have faith in God that uh, the tables were turned and uh, we'll get back there again. You know, it was really nice having my wife home. It kind of sucks. She wasn't able to make it today um, because she, you know, she had to go into work and stuff like that. But uh, I was there as long as one of us is there. You know, I think that that's what really matters. And and I and I hope and I pray. That's why I work every single day. That rhymed a little bit. I'm a poet. I didn't even know it. Um, that we can change things back up again, that we don't have to uh, worry about have her having to work and so on and so forth. All right. Enough about that. Um, why did this just pop up? I don't want to update my computer right now. Why would I want to update my computer right now, computer? All right. Um, now, moving on on to the news. Uh, we do have some breaking news here. Massachusetts governor. Oh, before we get started, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you share this with at least two friends this week. It's the only way we grow, ladies and gentlemen. All right. 
Washington Examiner. Let me pull this up for you guys. Massachusetts governor declares emergency over immigrants. Quote, this is a national issue. Mm, interesting how that works, huh? Very interesting. 2,000 miles away from the southern tip of Texas, sanctuary state Massachusetts is the latest to declare a state of emergency for its inability to respond to thousands of immigrants who have arrived after being released from federal custody at the U.S.-Mexico border. Quote, this is a national issue that demands a national response, said Democratic Governor Mara Healey during a press conference Tuesday morning. Today, I am declaring a state of emergency in Massachusetts. That's why it's breaking news. Um, I also like here that because I have DuckDuckGo server, it says here, DuckDuckGo blocked this video to prevent Facebook from tracking you. I'd love to see it, folks. It says the four Democrats who could attempt to unseat Biden. It says uh, Healy cut. I don't know why I just read that. It says Healy called on Washington uh, to help Massachusetts because the state could not financially or logistically respond to 20,000 immigrants living in state funded shelters, hotels, dormitories, and other emergency facilities statewide, an 80% increase from just a year ago. But remember, ladies and gentlemen, there is no border crisis. Interesting how that works, huh? Quote, it's more families than our state has ever served, exponentially more than our state has ever served in our emergency assistance program, Healy said. We're unable to move people from housing and shelter into permanent housing because of this. So instead, we've been expanding and continuing to look for housing and shelter opportunities, expanding shelter at a rapid pace, and it's unsustainable. Wow. Now you know what Texas has been going through for years. Which, hey, if I were Governor Greg Abbott, instead of busing migrants to sanctuary states, I'd just be busing them right on over to Mexico. Personally, that's just me. It says here, Massachusetts joins other localities, including New York City, Chicago, and Washington, that have grappled to respond to the number of immigrants released into their communities from the border under President Joe Biden. Since Biden took office, more than 2 million people who illegally came across the southern border have been released into the U.S., Holy moly, 2 million people have been released into the U.S. I wonder what the repercussions of that are going to be. <sighs> Pretty interesting. If anything, at the very least, all this is showing is the hypocrisy of Democrats in declaring themselves sanctuary states. Why? Why did they, why did they go out and virtue signal to immigrants, to illegal immigrants, to foreign countries, and to Democrats and to immigrant families here? Why did they go out and say, we are sanctuary states, we would never treat them the way Texas is treating them, and these red states are trying to get rid of them, so on and so forth, because they never had to worry about this. They're not border states. At the very least, what this is doing is showing the hypocrisy. It is showing that they were ill-prepared. It was showing that they never really meant what they said. Sure, you can make the argument, well, it's not like they're busting them out, uh, but if you're going to call yourself a sanctuary state, then at least have the infrastructure in place to at least take in a few couple thousand. I mean, if you call yourself a sanctuary state, you're lucky that millions aren't already flooding your state. But if anything, like I said, it comes to show that America as a whole is not built to receive this much influx of immigrants at the southern border and go into any state, whether it's Texas, whether it's California, whether it's distributing them evenly among many states, we don't have the infrastructure. So the question once again is, so then why are we allowing it? And what I don't like is that it is blue cities like New York City, Chicago, Washington, and now the state of Massachusetts, which is blue, right? They have a Democratic governor. 
you got to remember the incident with Martha's Vineyard where they sent immigrants to Martha's Vineyard. And they're like, oh, wait a minute, they got to leave by tonight. We can't house them here. We have no infrastructure. Really, Martha's Vineyard? Really? You guys have millionaires and billionaires that live on that. You have no infrastructure. You declared yourself a sanctuary island and you never thought to make sure that you had the infrastructure for it. But going back to what I was saying is I don't really like the idea that they are declaring states of emergency because if you guys don't know, but now you do know, is that in declaring a state of emergency, you now get federal funding for whatever you need. It can be for infrastructure. It can be it can be to build new buildings. It can be to get more mail-in ballot harvesting and pay people for 2024. I don't know. That's a conspiracy right now. I cannot prove or disprove that. I, I've only, I can only tell you what I heard from a friend of a friend of a friend that saw it on Twitter. All I am saying is more blue cities and states are declaring national emergencies so they can get federal funding that somehow gets lost in translation, doesn't go to the things they say it's going, and might end up being able to allow the DNC to pay people to go and harvest ballots with federal funds. I don't know. YouTube, if you're watching this right now, the communists that you have assigned to my page to make sure that I get censored, all I am saying is I don't know about that. I saw it on Twitter. It was from a friend of a friend. I thought it was an interesting point, but I just don't know. Um, Queso says, also, if you are in a state of emergency, doesn't the governor have more power as well? Yes, that is correct. Absolutely. So, you know, things to keep in perspective as we head into the 2024 election, ladies and gentlemen. All right. The insider paper breaking the American Red Cross on Monday, meaning yesterday, announced it will now allow gay and bisexual men to donate blood without restrictions. Wait a minute. This is. This is racist. What about lesbian and bisexual women? Hmm. Interesting. I saw Wiener Alert Senator Scott Wiener celebrating this moment in history as the American Red Cross ends blood donation restrictions targeting gay men. So it says here, the American Red Cross on Monday announced it will now allow gay and bisexual men to donate blood without restrictions that specifically target them over their sexual orientation. Quote, the Red Cross celebrates this historic move as significant progress and remains committed to achieving an inclusive blood donation process. Boy, oh boy, it is 2023, and I myself, an independent journalist, higher education, U.S. veteran, father of three, am actually reading to you, the audience viewers, and for those of you tuning into the audio only, I just read to you that the Red Cross is doing more and is celebrating achieving an inclusive blood donation process. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, we did it. We now have an inclusive blood donation process. It's inclusive now. Mm. You know, we might have a failing economy, but the silver lining here, ladies and gentlemen, is that at least we finally accomplished a very inclusive blood donation process. And isn't that... At the end of the day, what really matters, how much money you have in your savings account, that doesn't matter. The fact that we have the the, the most national debt we've ever had in U.S. history, that, does, <laughs> that doesn't matter. 
uh, the fact that Americans have the most credit card debt history in in history, that doesn't matter. The fact that you couldn't find eggs for months at a time, that doesn't matter, ladies and gentlemen. And you are a bigot if you think that actually matters to the American people. What really matters here is that Megan Rapinoe says that her happiest moment of the U.S. women's soccer team losing to Sweden or Poland, whichever one it was, is that there's finally equal pay for U.S. women's soccer team. And then today that we have an inclusive blood donation process. It's inclusive now. You see, before it was exclusive. Now it's inclusive. And at the end of the day, isn't that what every American that fought during World War II, isn't that what they died for? Isn't that what we fight for? Isn't that what you and I go to sleep thinking and wake up thinking? We don't pray for a home. We don't pray for being able to save financially. Those are not the things that we should be praying about, ladies and gentlemen. Our prayers are finally answered because beginning today, we now have an inclusive blood donation process. And you know what? If if that's a world you don't want to live in, then I don't want to be a part of it because you're racist and a sexist and a homophobe. And I don't want to be associated with those kind of people. Those are not the kind of people that are in my Telegram channel today. That's just, it's not going to happen. It's not, I will not tolerate it. I'm done. As a matter of fact, if you're a homophobe, unfollow me right now, immediately. If you were not praying for an inclusive blood donation process, then I don't want to be your friend right now. I'm kidding. Don't unfollow me. That'd be like all of you, essentially. Um, but let's go on here. It remains committed to achieving an inclusive blood donation process that treats all potential donors with equality. That's right, Elaine. You just said that. Equality. With equality and respect while maintaining the safety of the blood supply, the humanitarian organization said in a statement, the policy change follows updated guidance announced by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. I hear that it's a very trusted source of a government organization from a lot of my friends in May and is set to expand the pool of people eligible to donate. Under the FDA's new individual assessment policy, all prospective donors are asked about new or multiple sexual partners in the past three months. If they report having a new sexual partner or more than one sexual partner in the past three months, they would be asked if they had anal sex in the past three months. If the answer to the last question is yes, they would then be asked to defer their blood donation. What the heck? Penetrative Anal sex has a higher risk of spreading many types of sexually transmitted diseases because the thin lining of the anus is easily damaged, making it more vulnerable to infection. The new <laughs> Santo Dios. The new rules replaces policies that singled out men who have sex with men, MSN. I guess there's a term for that, men who have sex with men. It's not homosexual, it's just MSM. Or women who have sex with men, MSM. For time-based, what's the difference? Oh, because women are men now, so there is no difference. That's right. I forget. We we live in this new utopia, the liberal world order, per Joe Biden. Andrew Goldstein, 
a cancer researcher from Los Angeles who was a regular blood donor in his younger years before the FDA's previous policies made him ineligible to donate as a gay man, welcomed the move. Something like giving blood feels like something so small that you can do, and it means a lot to me that I'll be able to do that again, said Goldstein, who participated in a clinical study in 2021 that paved the way for the new guidance. Every two seconds, someone in the United States requires blood or platelets, whether for surgery, cancer treatment, chronic illness, or traumatic injuries, according to the Red Cross. Whether a patient receives whole blood, red cells, platelets, or plasma, the life-saving care starts with one person making a, gener a generous donation, it says. You know, I've heard a lot of stuff about the... Um... Alrighty, Lane, have a safe flight, my friend. Take care. Um, you know what's interesting is that I've heard a lot that we over donate blood and I'm kind of curious to know what the rabbit hole there is. Apparently America over donates blood by a lot. And personally, I've never heard of anyone dying because the red cross just doesn't have enough blood. So I'm curious, you know, to each their own. I get it. Person, I've donated blood before, especially when I was in the military. There'd be like blood banks that come into the military and then uh, they take our blood and then they send it to the Chinese database, which is what blood donations is really all about. Uh, kidding, of course. I, I read that on Twitter. YouTube don't come after me with the conspiracies, man. Not doing this with you. Um, not a big fan. I understand some people need it. Not a big fan. Especially, I don't know, like to me personally, like this Goldstein fellow. I'm not, I'm not. I mean, I hear what you're saying, Sarah. If we over donate, why is there always a blood shortage? But who's telling you that there's a blood shortage, though? Mm, something I think about, huh? What are they really doing with our blood? Hmm. I don't know. That's a rabbit hole. We'll have to discuss another time. But to me, th th this was my point with all of this, though. It's a little odd that there are like blood donor activists, like people that have been fighting, like this Mr. Goldstein fellow, that have been fighting a long time to be able to donate blood. It's just personally i get it i don't know maybe a lot of you are thinking like all right anthony this is the one that finally does you in i don't know it's just weird that there are blood donor activists like they're like i i want to be able to donate my blood i want to go in and i want to give blood i don't know it's just interesting Spirit Daughter says the same Red Cross that didn't give any of the donated money to Haiti when that huge earthquake happened years ago. Mm. Very interesting. <laughs> My sister just donated to the stream. Thank you so much. First donation of the day. I think this is the first donation of the week, actually. I don't think we had any donations yesterday. I'm not sure. Anyways, thank you, sis. It says it goes to Ukraine. Maybe. I mean, I'm still pretty convinced that it goes to they're, they're trying to get our DNA from our blood, which is something, you know, what's interesting is a lot of people don't talk about that 
people don't talk about I'm I get I can almost guarantee just about all of you have donated blood to one point or another or when you go get your blood work done you don't think that it's all being stored on a data bank which by the way the Chinese have been hacking into just last week we talked about it here on this channel about how the Chinese are hacking into biolabs and hospitals and clinics you see you laugh at me because I give my blood voluntarily to Ancestry.com. I laugh at you because you actually think that doing your yearly physical with blood samples, that the Chinese are not going to hack into it or that the government won't give it willingly to China anyway. The difference is, at least I know my ancestry. You don't even get to know how Nigerian you are. So who's really laughing at the end of all of this, ladies and gentlemen? The answer, of course, is me. And the answer, of course, is I'm laughing at you all because you have imagine not knowing what percentage Nigerian you are because you think that the Chinese are going to hack into your DNA when every year you go give blood voluntarily either to the Red Cross or to some blood bank. I almost said sperm bank. Completely wrong. Completely different. Sperm blood, not the same thing. We all know it. You know it. I know it. We all know it, folks. But you guys willingly give it to your doctor for. <laughs> for testing yeah okay suckers can you see china says china told me to give you their regards and they said thanks suckers that's what they said oh look all of a sudden the chat's going crazy uh-oh people are coming after me because i'm smart uh-oh people are like no anthony that's not what it is oh I, I don't know sorry that i think outside the box Sorry that I think the way the enemy would 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 do it because you're hacking into it. But guess what? Now you don't get to find out how Chinese you are. You don't get to find out how Nigerian you are. You don't even know if you have the pass. You know what pass I'm talking about. Imagine not knowing. I at least know who I am. Can you say the same? Nope, because you got suckered in by your clinic or the blood bank. Just saying. Yeah, okay, Nicole. Yeah. Uh, okay, Nicole says, joke's on you. I don't go and get physicals either. Bro, I would. I will pay you to prove that. I will actually pay you. We will raise funds on the Telegram. I will pay you to see if it's true. Your parents probably took you as a kid. Knock it off, Dickie. Just knock it off right now. Just knock it off. Stop. It ain't going to work. When you were born, your blood was taken, and it's and it's still stored away, believe it or not. And your DNA is right there. You're telling me that you were based since you were a kid? Since you were a baby, Nikki? Yeah, okay. Maybe now, as we're all older... Right. We think about, oh, I, I don't get physicals anymore. But to say you've never gotten a physical. Tell me, Nikki, look into the camera right now. Look at me. Look at me. You're telling me that never in your life since the moment that you were born, never has your blood been drawn and stored at a, at a hospital or a clinic. Tell me right now. Tell me. Say psych right now. Tell me right now. Ah. Would you look at that? 
I mean, that's what she says now. She says, I mean, yeah, okay. I hear you, Nikki. I hear you. Nah, nah. Nice try. Bro, you're not going to fool me. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, you're not going to fool me again. Famous words by George W. Bush. All right, we've got a couple more donations now. Mr. Miss Victoria Pineda with the $10 super sticker. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. And then my sister again with another donation. What is it? Paycheck week, sis? Uh, that's the only way to think. It's outside the box. You can never put anything past the enemy. Conspiracy theorists all the way. That's true. That's the only way to think. See, many people think that the way China stores your DNA is by you willingly giving your blood or your DNA over ancestry so they can like, oh, it's like some big scheme. You know, like, oh, they can't get it normally. So they have to create this ancestry.com to get. That's how they get your DNA. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. My brother and sister in Christ, that information was sold the moment you were born. That DNA has been stored since the moment you came to light, my brother and sister in Christ. You got to think outside the box. See, that's what separates, right? See, I think like Alex Jones. We think outside of the box. I understand if you're upset. I understand if you didn't think outside the box. I get it. Not everyone does, but that's why you're here. So I can teach you my ways. So I can teach you how to be a mind ninja, right? That's just a reality. Don't know what to tell you. All right. Last little one here. It says uh, Tessa Tinajero. Tessa Tinajero. Thank you so much for the $2 super sticker, my friend. Appreciate you. All right. Going back to this. Um, I don't know. That might be a rabbit hole. Is there a rabbit hole for this? Do you guys know? If there is, drop the link in my Telegram. If there is there a rabbit hole for blood donations? I know there's some people that think it goes to vampires because vampires are real, according to some people. I don't know. I don't know. Or lizard people, I guess. I don't know. But I guess we'll see, huh? What kind of blood type are you, Nikki, though? Hmm. Ah, uh, Nikki with the 180. I said earlier that I used to donate blood. They love my blood. Who's they? Who's they, Nikki? Hmm. Who's they? They love my blood type, but I don't but I don't donate blood anymore and I very rarely go to the doctor. O negative. I think I'm O negative also. I want to say. Hmm. Okay. All right, going on to the next one. Enough of the shenanigans. We've had a, plenty of good times here. Um, 538. So today, in case you guys didn't know, is a very important day out in Ohio. And I'll tell you why this matters, even for us here in California. Um, so it says here, why is this? It says 2023 election. So today, August 8th, there will be a vote in Ohio. And it's going to be a very important vote. Everything you need to know about the Ohio ballot measure that could block abortion rights in the state of Ohio. The campaign over issue one, which is interesting because in California, it was proposition one uh, when we amend, amended our state constitution so that we can allow 
the word abortion to be entered into the law, saying that it is a guaranteed right of every Californian to have an abortion up until the date of, day of birth. So it says here, the campaign over issue one in Ohio has been provocative, to say the least. One ad argues, argues that the ballot measure is necessary to prevent children from getting gender-affirming care without their parents' consent. Another features a steamy sex scene interrupted by a Republican congressman who steals a condom out of a couple uh, out of a couple's hand. Wait a minute. Why is this underlined? Does this actually take us into the I don't know if I want to show this. It's pretty spicy. Hmm. Should I play the video? It's a little risky. Another features a steamy sex scene interrupted by a Republican congressman who steals a condom out of a couple's hands. Hmm. All right. This is no. Okay. You guys say no. We're not going to play it. Okay. Anyways, I think we get it, right? Okay. Based on this, you might be confused about what issue one is about, but it would seem safe to assume that it must be pretty spicy. Not so. It's actually a procedural question about whether amendments in the, to the Ohio Constitution should require a 60% supermajority of the vote to pass. It would also require petitioners to get signatures from all 88 Ohio counties in order to get a constitutional amendment on the ballot and eliminate their ability to get new signatures to replace any that are found invalid. But as you can tell from those ads, issue one has become a proxy fight over a more contentious topic, a different constitutional amendment to guarantee reproductive rights that Ohioans will vote one on in November. Ohio Republicans have said that the goal of issue one, which will go before voters on Tuesday, is to make the amendment harder to pass. And if they're successful, abortion rights supporters will be facing a much tougher challenge this fall. Issue one is just the latest in a string of efforts by GOP politicians to change the rules governing ballot measures with the implicit or sometimes explicit aim of thwarting citizen-led policy proposals. Since 2017, at least 10 states, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Maine, Missouri, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Dakota, and Utah have considered increasing the threshold for at least some ballot initiatives to pass. All these efforts were led by Republican legislators either in reaction to or in anticipation of liberal ballot questions, like a 2022 effort to expand Medicaid in South Dakota and more recently, a potential 2024 abortion rights amendment in Missouri. So we're going to skip that. We're going to go over to Decision Desk HQ, and then we're going to talk about why this is important. It says, Ohio Democrats hope to end their statewide losing streak tomorrow, meaning today, and the outcome of issue one may have a big impact. Find out why. Let's. So it says here, why Ohio's issue one special election is taking center stage this August. Ohio's preparing for a special election on August 8th, a stage for the heavily publicized and costly battle around issue one. Backed by the Ohio State GOP, a yes vote on issue one would increase the difficulty for Ohio voters to pass constitutional amendments through ballot questions, requiring 60% of voters to affirm a new constitutional amendment, an increase from the current 50%. 
The ramifications of this change could significantly alter the state's political landscape and determine the success of future state constitutional amendments. So, for example, according to what I just read, let's just say, you know, you wanted to amend the Constitution of Ohio and you wanted that amendment to be, should we allow Ohioans to be the guaranteed right to have an abortion at whatever stage, whether it can be 15 weeks throughout the pregnancy, whatever. All you need is a 50% vote, which is simple majority, because if you're at 50%, you've crossed, right? 50% plus maybe just one vote. And if the voters vote on it at 50% plus one vote, then it passes and says, okay, we can now vote on it. And then, you know, we can make the amendment come November. You guys will be able to decide. It's exactly what happened here in California. That is exactly what happened. We ended up voting it on it, I believe, in the primary. And then come the general election in November, we actually ended up being able to vote to pass it. And it ended up passing. So many states, from what I understand, it might not just be Ohio, require just a simple majority of voters to vote 50% plus one voter. Well, this wouldn't make it harder. And it's not just because of the abortion issue, but it's also because, as we read previously, it would be on liberal voting issues like if they want to make it easier to mail-in ballot, if they wanted to make it easier for whatever, the voters can vote on it. And as long as you get the simple majority of 50% plus one vote, it'll pass. Well, now what they're trying to do is make it harder to amend the state's constitution and make it harder for voters to be able to simple majority vote. And I think the reason why this is happening is because many people have fled blue states and they are not going to red states like Ohio, like Florida, like Texas. And as these states are going purple or they're getting an influx of migrants coming and refugees coming in, and I'm not talking about migrants from you know, other countries. I'm just talking about like people migrating uh, from other states. They want to make it harder because they're like, wait a minute. We have all these Democrats and blue state refugees coming into Ohio. We need to make it harder for these people to just pass a simple majority because we might lose on some items. And of course, they have insider knowledge. They're probably taking at a they're looking at a track record of how Ohio has voted in the past. And maybe they see this trend. Maybe you see this trend of like, uh oh, Ohio is not as red as it used to be. It's going more blue. We as it as we stand right now, maybe while we have the legislature. We should make it harder for people to amend our state constitution. We should make it harder should they ever want to have mass melon voting the same way they have in California. So that's why it's super important what's happening today. I've already posted about it. I've reminded. I've even texted people. I shared that text message with you guys over my on my Telegram. That was a real text message, by the way. That wasn't just me memeing. I have friends that have left California that moved to Ohio, and I gave them a gentle courtesy reminder. Hey. I will I will hang you by your feet. I, I think that's the body part I use in my telegram. I will hang you if, if, if not inciting violence. Obviously, this is a Minecraft. If you do not vote today, make sure you vote the right way. It says one of the most notable implications of issue one is its potential effect on an important amendment focused on enshrining the right to an abortion in the Ohio Constitution. And it's interesting because. I had friends that left California and they said Proposition 1 and legislation like it is what made me leave California to Ohio. And now here we are 
not even a year later, and Ohio is literally voting and going to the same thing California did just months ago. Okay, let's get the carries here, ladies and gentlemen. It says, stated for a vote this November after the U.S. Supreme Court recent overturn of Roe v. Wade, abortion is legal in Ohio in the first 22 weeks of a woman's pregnancy. Ohio Republicans passed a much more restrictive six-week ban, but a judge indefinitely blocked it, leaving the future of abortion rights in Ohio unclear. A recent poll shows that support for this amendment stands at 58%. Interesting. Comfortably above the current support needed to pass at 50%, but slightly below the proposed 60% threshold in yes wins on August 8th. Huh. Interesting. Now, this is smart by Republicans. This is the way you got to play. Liberals might not like it, but you and I know, and we all know, this is exactly what they would be doing to the Republicans if the shoe was on the other foot. So it says here, um, uh, furthermore, issue one could cast a long shadow over national politics if fair district activists succeed in bringing a future ballot question regarding an independent redistricting commission to the table. A map produced by such a commission uh, would be more beneficial to national democratic interests than one crafted by the Ohio state legislature. Recent polling suggests the road to success for issue one is fraught with challenges Although two polls have ended up with drastically different top lines, while a Suffolk University poll showed a commanding lead for no at 57% to 26%, a recent Ohio Northern poll determined a plurality of voters supported yes at 42%, only 1% higher than the no's at 41%. Polling regarding ballot uh, questions tends to be more unreliable than candidate horse race po po uh, polling since framing and priming are more of a concern. Now, Here's what I will say. And again, this is why I say it's important. Today's casting of the vote, today's ballot measure is important because it's going to be a really good indicator of where we are in the nation. A lot of people attribute the losses of 2022 to Roe v. Wade. Donald Trump made a very inflammatory true social post that said that or, or he said in an interview that it was because of the pro-life extremists i'm not trying to butcher it if, if, if you're one of like those donald trump stands i'm not, it's not that i'm trying to paint him in a bad light or anything like that but he made the argument that the reason why republicans lost was the overturning of roe v wade and it was the and it was because of the the people that were advocating for extremely restrictive abortion access and so a lot of people took those words and said, you see, he's never been pro-life. And I'm like, you can easily see that he's never been a pro-life absolutist. He said that there should be abortion in some instances. See, myself and a lot of Christians and conservatives are pro-life absolutists. But Donald Trump is, in my opinion, by no means of the imagination, a conservative. He was just a Republican, which, by the way, further into 2023, I can factually say that conservative has essentially lost all meaning now. People just throw that word around like crazy. But going back to it, today's vote will determine if people vote yes on making it harder to amend the Constitution. I think that's a win for conservatives because obviously there's a lot of things. It's not just abortion. It's going to be redistricting that's going to be beneficial to Democrats. Are these things that are important to Republicans? The answer should be yes. 
a resounding, yes, Republicans should win today in Ohio. They should win. But like this says, it all comes down to local activists. Were they knocking on doors? Were they making phone calls? Were they, are they going to be, you know, if ballot harvesting is allowed, are they going to be collecting ballots? It's all about getting out the vote. Are Republicans active enough in Ohio to be able to beat this measure? Are they going to be able to make it harder for Democrats to win in the long run? And it all boils down to this. And if they don't, that could be a very, how do I say, important warning shot, a big red flag going into 2024. I mean, if Republicans lose in Ohio today, sure, you might be telling yourself, Anthony, but this isn't a gubernatorial race. This is necessarily a special election race. This isn't flipping one district from blue to red or red to blue. But it is a strong indicator of how active Republicans are. Charlie Kirk, founder, CEO of Turning Point USA, has said that he will ensure that going into 2024, Turning Point, or at least parts of it, will become the largest ballot harvesting machine that the nation has ever seen. Donald Trump has said that he will ensure ballot harvesting is top priority. Ron DeSantis has also said this and already has people canvassing and knocking on doors so that he can win in Iowa, other states that are going to be voting early during the primaries and where delegates are going to be voting for the presidential nominee for the Republican Party. So today will be a good indicator of where we are at the grassroots level. If Ohio doesn't get it together, they could very much lose. If they do get it together, then that's good because it means more Republicans are snapping out of this trance that elections don't matter, that nothing matters, and it's just better as a Republican, as a Christian, to lose hope, stay at home, cry about everything, complain about everything, and do absolutely nothing which is something that we've been doing for a very long time. And how's that working out for us? Oh, but life is unfair. Yeah, no crap. Duh. Oh, but it's hard. No, I know. Absolutely. So we shall see. I don't know. What do you guys think? Will Republicans finally snap out of that trance? We shall see today, ladies and gentlemen. And I think it's going to be very interesting. I'm going to be keep, keep, keeping you guys up to date with that. Um, I think there might be special reporting over at NBC or MSNBC. Um, as much as I don't like MSNBC for the reporting, uh, a lot of fake news heading on over there. Um, but uh, they're really good when it comes to reporting on the vote itself. So I think, again, we'll see. Will Republicans take victory or not? <laughs> James is like, man, it's not even Friday. Your boy has already been taking. What? Why are you guys fighting? What's up, James? How are you? I'm not. What are you talking about? Uh, Aquamom says, hi, Anthony. Wondering if Dems know we are on this, uh, on to this ballot harvesting grab, and we are out here saying we can do it too. What are they going to do next? No, look, um, I, I think that Democrats are banking uh, that uh, for years the Republicans, and, and again, I, I say it all the time, to a fault. Donald Trump has kept saying elections are rigged, they're stolen. Um, it doesn't. All that stuff doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's what you can prove in the court of law, which, hey, you know what? The guy's been indicted. Maybe now he can submit it and he can make his case. I think 
I believe in the First Amendment. You can say these things, right? Democrats did it after the 2016 election. They blame Russia, right? Republicans should be able to do it too. But unfortunately, there are a lot of Republicans, unlike Democrats. See, Democrats believe that the election was stolen in 2016, but it only energized them for 2018 because since 2018, Republicans have continued to lose. Democrats are able to mobilize and energize their voter base. Republicans, not so much. I can't tell you the thousands of people that say they will never vote again because they think it is futile. So that means they're not involved with campaigns. They're not knocking on doors. They're not sending emails. They're not making the phone calls. They're probably not involved at the local level. Not voting for a president sometimes also means not voting at the local level. So not only are you not voting for a president every four years, every two years, you're not voting to change your school board, your city council, your board of supervisors, so on and so forth, your judges even. And then they will sit there cross their arms and huff and puff and complain about how nothing has ever changed. Well, yes, my brother and sister in Christ, because you refuse to take action. You think that somebody, not you, should do all the hard work to create change. That's the difference between Democrats and Republicans. Democrats are still able to mobilize their voter base. Republicans, unfortunately, demoralize, which is interesting because Republicans claim to have faith in Christ, faith in God, and just believe that everything is hopeless. It's just very interesting to me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, moving on to this. I shared this yesterday in my Telegram. A lot of you said, I don't even know what this is about. Well, don't worry. I built up a very beautiful timeline for you guys. I actually have the original video. A while back, there was this woman right here who has since gone viral and nobody has been able to find her, which is kind of like the interesting part about the internet someone will know who you are someone will know where you live someone will know your socials somebody because it's the internet in case you don't know this video went ultra viral i think about a month ago two months ago and this is this person who causes her by labeling a man on American Airlines flight not real has been identified as Tiffany Gomez. She's allegedly a 38-year-old executive in marketing from Dallas, Texas. So this is the original video so you know what we're talking about. If you don't know what this is, don't worry. You're about to become 20 years younger because you're now in the know. All right. Here's the video for you guys. What? I'm telling you, I'm getting the fuck off, and there's a reason why I'm getting the fuck off, and everyone can either believe it or they cannot believe it. I don't give two fucks, but I am telling you right now, that motherfucker, that motherfucker back there is not real. And you can sit on this plane and you can fucking die with them or not. I'm not going to. Okay. So she went viral for many reasons. Um, sorry for the cursing. That's not obviously me. I'm going to have to demonetize today's YouTube video. Thanks a lot, myself, for doing that to me. It's fine. I'm okay with that. Um, she went very viral. First, she's an attractive young lady. She's 38. I'm saying young, right? Remember, 40 is a new 20. We talked about this not too long ago. Um, secondly, holy moly. That voice is extremely squeaky. <laughs> so I think those are two factors. 
The third factor is what she obviously said. She's on an airplane and she is begging to get out because she says that MFR is not real. Now, what I love about this video is the simplicity of it. But I also love, take a look at this, that toward the end, when she points, when she points to the back, everybody looks back. Like when she says, he is not real right here. Everybody looks back like, yo, who is she talking about? Right? So check this out. Oh, yeah, porque no tú. All right, let me refresh the page. Hmm. Come on. Come on. There we go. What? I'm telling you, you know, okay. fucker back there is not real. And you can. <laughs> Everything just look. Everybody just looks back like, yo, who is she talking about? So this went viral for many reasons. Again, like I, like I stated, it, it doesn't help that she's not you know, uh, a bad looking woman. Um, and I'm, when I say ultra viral, it went viral. And the thing that made it even more viral is that nobody knew who she was or what the story was. Here she is. And by the way, she's now been labeled as the TMIFNR, which is that mother effer is not real. So TMA, and they've got like pictures of her. They've drawn animes of the girl. It, they have t-shirts selling of the girl. The thing that made it go more viral is the fact that nobody knows who she was. Usually they, they're able to find the person sometimes within hours, depending on how viral something goes. Sometimes within days at the very maximum, maybe a week or two. But this went on for weeks and weeks and weeks. Nobody had any idea who this woman was. Nobody could find a police report. And everyone, of course, wanted to know, bro, what did she see? What did she see back there? And then there was a lot of pages that started posting up fake news. Somebody said, oh, here's a different angle of, of the person she was talking about. And supposedly it was like this guy that was blinking like sideways. So people started like... Uh, uh, it's like instead of blinking horizontally, they were blinking vertically, which is like attributed to like lizard people or whatever the case might be. So everyone started saying like, bro, she she saw a lizard person. And then it turns out that that video was debunked. And then now we're back to square one. What was she going on about? What did she mean by that? I remember back there is not real. And she kept insisting that that flight premonition that it was not going to arrive in Florida. And so they had to deboard the entire plane. People felt uncomfortable. And now, finally, months later, we know who this woman is. So just so that you're aware. Okay. Her name is Tiffany Gomez. No, she's not Hispanic. Um, or at least she's Hispanic white because that's what I read in the police report. Tiffany Gomez, a marketing exec from Dallas, is unmasked as the American Airlines passenger behind that mf or back there isn't real rent. Gomez, 38, is a marketing executive from Dallas, Texas. The rant on July 2nd happened on flight 1009 from Fort Worth to Orlando, Florida. The viral incident saw Gomez arguing with relatives who she accused of stealing her AirPods. 
The one behind the shocking MFR, blah, 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 meltdown was, has been amassed as a 30-year-old Dallas marketing executive. Tiffany Gomez became erratic over an argument with the relative she was traveling with, she reportedly told police. The Dallas resident had accused her relatives of stealing her AirPods per a police report. The uh, July 2nd viral incident happened on flight 1009 from Fort Worth, Orlando, uh, Fort Worth, Texas to Orlando, Florida. After she claimed her relatives had stolen her AirPods, Gomez began to say the airplane was not safe and would not make it to its destination. Official documents say she was not willing to leave the plane and had to be removed by American Airlines staff following the outburst, as broken by journalist Brie A. Dale on Substack and first reported by the New York Post. And then, you know, what's really interesting is, and, and I, I'm going to show you guys is somebody said, okay, because you guys already know how it goes with like conspiracies, right? You see that picture right there. So right now, for those of you that are watching, you can visually see that she's going like this. So for those of you in the audio only is she has both her pointing finger and middle finger outward. And then the rest of the fingers are touching like downward so she's putting up two fingers and she's going like this right now here's where the conspiracy is and i'm going to show it to you guys i'm going to i'm going to pause the original video that i just showed you guys okay and somebody said pay attention to this let's see where is it okay you see how right here here she has them pay attention to her right hand Okay, look how it starts moving. And look at left hand stays upright. Look at where that right hand is moving to. Oh. Look at that. You see that? You see where it is? Right? Now check this out. This is just conspiracies, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know. This is just people. You know what I mean? But a bing, boom, pow. Decoding the simple, the symbols on Satan's statues. So, wow, get away. I don't know. There's a lot of people saying it's all a show. The world is your stage. But that is Baphomet, a.k.a. Satan. And it's making the same gesture. So, you know, I'm not trying to defame the woman. I'm not trying to put two and two together. But, I mean, and, and here's the thing. That is a very, like, specific, you know what I mean? Like, Check this out, bro. Like, who naturally does that? That's the argument that I heard. Who naturally does that? Who goes like this while they're arguing? Like, maybe I can understand this, but then throwing up the, like, you know what I'm saying? But then you. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know. So a lot of people said, you know, oh, this is just like a distraction. This is just to get people to focus on this woman. Now there's people selling this shirt, whatever. I don't know. That's what people are saying.
Yo no sepa. So as here, the police document states the female then started claiming the aircraft was not safe and did not want the aircraft to leave due to her believing it would not make it to its destination. Due to the statements, the flight attendants felt the aircraft needed to be rescreened. The airline manager explained that the passenger was denied boarding and that they wanted her escorted to the public side. As his passengers on the plane were forced to deplane and be screened through security again as a precaution. You guys want to know something interesting? I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. I don't know. Uh, I almost don't want to say it. Whatever. Just don't ever repeat what I just said. Right now, when I did that thing, when I did the actual thing, so stupid. I felt weight putting put down on my chair, and I felt a chill go up my back. I don't know why. The moment I made that sign, I felt weight like it was like somebody was pushing down on my chair. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's me just getting fatter in real time. Who knows? Whatever. All right. Passengers on the plane were forced to deplane and be screened through security again as a precaution. TSA personnel arrived at the scene to conduct a full rescreening of the aircraft. The police report states Gomez was eventually escorted. And this is her, by the way. It doesn't even look like her. It says TSA personnel arrived at the scene to conduct a full rescreening of the aircraft. The police report states Gomez was eventually escorted to the non-secure area of the airport, but then attempted to get back in through TSA screening several times per the report. But when officers with the Dallas-Fort Worth Department of Public Safety arrived, an extremely distraught Gomez refused to speak to them as she tried to get back on the plane. Police then tracked her to a terminal curb where she was waiting for an Uber. Gomez was issued a ticket for criminal trespass notice but refused to sign. And if you sign it, she was never arrested. The marketing executive was deemed a rising star in 2017 when she served as vice president of client services at Elevate Brand Marketing. Uh, she is a graduate of Oklahoma State University and lives in a $2 million home in Lakewood neighborhood, according to public records. Gomez is the founder of a marketing firm in Dallas, Uppercut Marketing. Who knows? Maybe this entire thing was like a marketing ploy. You know, who knows? It says DailyMail.com has reached out to Elevate Marketing Uppercut uh, Marketing for comment. The incident sparked massive interest online as Americans wondered what Gomez was referring to during her meltdown. Footage shared on TikTok showed her in distress aboard the plane as she screamed about someone who wasn't real and so on and so forth. I do have so <laughs> there was actually even just like show you guys. Um, she might be married to a Hispanic person. Maybe. Yeah, that might be why her name is Gomez. Yeah, Jennifer is like, didn't they say that she was in marketing? I have to say job well done. Yeah, exactly. So this is how viral she went. And there was even like someone that painted a picture, you know? No. So here's the thing. People were saying, oh, she was slurring. She was obviously drunk. Apparently, like her family or, or somebody confirmed that she had not consumed any alcohol at all. I know that's like a thing for whatever reason for people to drink alcohol before boarding a flight. That blows my mind. I don't know if it's like calm the nerves or what. I hate flying. I really do. I can't see myself to become a habit drinker to get buzzed or drunk before a flight. 
just to like calm my nerves. I don't know. Sounds like you need Jesus in your life personally. So there was a viral painting. It says painting of not real girl goes viral with aliens on plane. And then this is, or is it? Wait, you don't, you're not even going to have it. Where's the picture? Stupid. Oh, is this it? No. I knew it wasn't it. You suckers. You people. Let me see here. I'll pull up the image for you guys because it was actually pretty good. Um, picture of that's not real girl. And of course, it just takes me back to that. So stupid. Portrait. But this girl became such an internet sensation. I was watching her. They made music videos out of her. Nuts. Okay. Now I can't pull it up. Of course, because I hate everything. Pero por qué no me enseñas, bro? A painting of the woman who went super viral claiming she was sat next to blah, blah, blah. If you've been living under a rock, apparently most of my telegram has because they didn't know who this girl was. All right, real guy in a green hoodie spoken to the person flight. Well, now take on the clip has gone viral and artist Travis Chapman decided to recreate that scene. Instead of being surrounded, TikTok has certainly, let me see, can I pull up this guy? There it is. Got it. Bro, I don't care about this. So here's that video for you guys. I don't give two fucks, but I am telling you right now, that motherfucker, that motherfucker back there is not real. <laughs> and, you and then it just has like a bunch of aliens back there and it's like Bigfoot. So this is like an artist rendition. They ended up putting up like a portrait. And from what I hear, this guy's been offered a crap load of money for this portrait. So um, for the for the audio listeners only, when he says, obviously, I told you guys in an original video, when she says that guy back there is not real, the entire plane like looks back like, bro, what is he talking about? Um, and then this painting here is so funny because it's a it's a artist rendition. And then immediately, like up front, you can see like Santa Claus. And then you start seeing like other like mystical creatures and stuff. And so I'm not going to play the audio again. But like you have a mermaid in the front. There's like a pigeon because birds aren't real, right? And then I don't know who these other people are. I don't know why there's just like a random guy here and woman. And then you have a leprechaun. Then you have a unicorn. And then you have a li an actual lizard person, right? Then you have a gnome. Then you have a jackrabbit. Then you have an alien. Then you have Bigfoot all the way in the back. Like, you talking about me? So this was a uh, artist portrait. It has since gone viral. And like I said, there was a lot of stuff that uh, was tied into this. And it was just pretty funny. But it, it seems like they found her. And, um, you know, a lot of people. Uh oh, I got to go back on this. Boom. Bada bing, boom, pow. So there you have it. If you have been keeping track to, uh, of that story, that's who the girl was. Um, it seems that they found her. She apparently is in marketing. Shocked, not shocked. Let's be real. Uh, but uh, I, what I am a little bit surprised about is usually when someone goes very, very viral, um, they usually lean into it, meaning they come onto social media and they're like, hey, guys, like it's it's I'm the famous person in this viral video. Thank you guys so much for your support. I'd never thought this would go super viral, blah, 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 blah. 
Uh, you guys can follow me here, you know, whatever, make a statement, right? Because you want to lean into it. You want those people to start following you. You want that, right? There's so many people that are just normal people, everyday Americans, everyday citizens all around the world that they inadvertently go viral for something, whether it's being boarded from a plane, whether it's, I don't know, whatever the case might be, a little soundtrack, whatever. And that's it. Like that's what they become famous for. And then people end up like, I, I this kind of reminds me of this, uh, this woman that ain't nobody got time for that. She ended up going, ain't nobody got time for that. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that uh, video, by the way, but that went like super viral and they made like songs about her. And I think her name was like sweet baby. What's his name? Ain't nobody got time for that. You guys remember that video? <laughs> Her name is Sweet Brown. Let me see. I'll show you guys. She went super viral. Too. Watch. So it was like this woman that like her apartment like ended up going up in flames and she was giving an interview about her apartment. Like, hey, what do you think about your apartment going on? And she ended up going ultra viral. Check this out. The president describes her horrifying experience when she first realized the complex was on fire. Well, I woke up to go give me a cold pop. And then I thought somebody was barbecuing. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. <laughs> then I ran out. I didn't grab no shoes or nothing, Jesus. I ran for my life. And then the smoke got her. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. And then... The magic happened. The moment she said, I didn't grab no shoes or nothing, Jesus. I ran for my life. I got brocatus. Ain't nobody got time for that. And well, enter the internet, did it sting. Ain't nobody got time for that. 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 I'm not going to play the whole thing, but um, that's just the internet for you, ladies and gentlemen, you know, like what, what can you do? You know, um, you know, for, first it's, it's her and she went super viral I think she ended up monetizing this song. Um, I believe, if I remember her story correctly, this specific woman that you guys are listening to and watching, if you're watching, um, again, her name is like Sweet Baby something. I forget what her nickname was, her alias. And she ended up monetizing. She ended up making merch. And she's doing okay. And apparently, you know, if, if you look at her, looks like she doesn't live in a good area. I think she was kind of like down on herself. And, and she's been struggling all her life. And because of this one hit wonder, you know, the Internet just doing what it does, you know, praying that the Internet finds me one day. I don't know. Should we be so lucky? Right. I just need one viral soundbite, ladies and gentlemen. Um, no, but uh, that's all it takes, you know. And so that's this woman here. And, uh, you know, it seems like she's been found. But that's why it surprises me that she's in marketing and she ended up like, dude, if you're in marketing, market yourself like you could probably monetize all the stuff. And you can connect with that portrait artist and be like, hey, how do I get this so I can make some money for myself, right?
All right, going on to the next uh, thing here. I did want to talk about it. On oh, actually, I forgot that I still have the pictures up of the uh, boom, bada bing, boom, pow. All right, Neo. I talked about this yesterday. Uh, look at you guys in the comments. You guys are <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. All right, that's enough. Um, cringe. All right, yesterday I talked about Neo. It looks like he has since 180. And um, if you guys don't know, Neo is an R&B artist. Uh, he came out in a podcast recently talking about how they are coming after our children, about how we need to protect children, especially against a trans ideology and letting kids self-mutilate themselves, all this gender-affirming nonsense. He's like, I, I just don't understand it, whatever. And what ended up happening was he ended up apologizing for it. And I read that apology here live for you guys on, on YouTube. And this was the apology, just to refresh your memory. I'd like to express my deepest apologies. After much reflection, I'd like to express my deepest apologies to anyone that I may have hurt with my comments on parenting and gender identity. I've always been an advocate for love and inclusivity in the LGBTQI plus community. So I understand how my comments could have been interpreted as insensitive and offensive. Gender identity is nuanced, and I can honestly admit that I plan to better educate myself on the topic so I can approach future conversations with more empathy. At the end of the day, I lead with love and support everyone's freedom of expression and pursuit of happiness. Well, it turns out that that's not exactly the full truth. And as a matter of fact, this apology over on Twitter has already been fact-checked, or like they call it over on uh, X, not Twitter, uh, community noted. It says, in a more recent video, which I'm about to share with you guys here, but posted to Instagram, Neo asserts that this apology was written and posted by his publisher, and he does not apologize for holding these views. And here's what that video sounds like for you guys. What's going on, loved ones? This is Neo. All right, listen. I normally don't give too much of a damn about what y'all think about what I do, or what y'all have to say about what I say, whatever. I normally don't care because, like I said, opinions ain't special. Everybody got one. However, this is something I feel very strongly on, and I need y'all to hear this from the horse's mouth, not the publicist's computer. So check this out. Ooh. First and foremost, I do not apologize for having an opinion on this matter. I am a 43-year-old heterosexual man raising five boys and two girls, okay? That's my reality. Now, if my opinion offended somebody, yeah, sure, I apologize for you being offended because that wasn't my intention. My intention is never to offend anybody. However, I'm entitled to feel how I feel. I'm absolutely entitled to feel how I feel the same way you are entitled to feel how you feel. I ain't asked nobody to follow me. I ain't asked nobody to agree with me. I was asked a question and I answered the damn question. Okay. I have no beef with the LBGTQIA plus community whatsoever. I ain't got no beef with y'all. Do whatever the hell it is you want to do. Do what you want to do with your kids. However, Somebody asked my opinion on this matter, and this is how I feel. I will never be okay with allowing a child to make a decision that detrimental to their life. I will never be okay with that. I don't. I, I definitely plan to educate myself a little bit more on this matter. However, I doubt that there's any book anywhere or any opinion that somebody's going to tell me that's going to make me okay with letting a child make a decision like that. That's just period, point blank, and that's how I feel. If I get canceled for this, then you know what? Maybe this is a world where they don't need a Neo no more, all right? And I got no problem with that. I'm a hustler. All right? I'll figure it out. I got kids to raise, and I'm going to do that regardless. So with that being said, y'all have a good day. I love everybody. Live how you want to live. Love how you want to love. But your opinion is yours. 
Speak your opinion as much as you damn well feel like it. Because as I said, they're not important. They're not special. Everybody got one and you're entitled to it. I'm entitled to mine. All right. Y'all feel how y'all want to feel. Have a great day. It's Neo. Peace and love. And I like that his hat says lone wolf. I don't know if that was strategic. Maybe it's like a, you know, a, a, a signal of some kind that he feels like a lone wolf among, you know, a pack of sheep, maybe, you know. Good for him, though, man. You know, and again, here's what I will say is, you know, people always say like, oh, well, who cares about celebrities, which I agree to an extent. But I will say this. If there are cele- for the most part and, and I get it, it's because it's 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 a way for the right wing to kind of disassociate ourselves from people, whatever. But I've said this many times. And I make it pretty clear again today is. Damn, you know what? It just hit me. I know it's a little a little crazy, but uh, I looked at the time right now and I realized I have 10 minutes left and I usually look forward to ending the stream so I can hop on outside to be with my kids. And I just realized I'm going to come out to an empty home. That just hit me. Anyways, okay, they'll be here in a couple hours. That's okay. I'll, I'll go to the gym. But what I will say about uh, the celebrities is not every single celebrity is woke. Not every celebrity thinks the same. And sure, we might be upset that a lot of celebrities don't speak up when they should speak up. But now we do have a celebrity that's speaking up. To me personally, and you can say whatever you want, is that there's no point in holding up your nose and sticking up your nose and telling these people nobody cares about you. Your If we don't at least engage in the conversation, not saying that we should celebrate these people. I'm not saying that we should praise these people. These are just common sense things, right? I can at least appreciate knowing his position, knowing what he stands to lose, that he's willing to risk that. I appreciate that. It's not that it's Neo. It's not that I believe his music is good. It's none of those things, right? I can at least appreciate and And you guys know how I feel about that. If you're in a position to lose a lot and you stand for what is right, regardless if it's common sense or not, I can appreciate that. And it is of my opinion that if we voice support for this, that if we make it cultural to say, hey, man, good for you for speaking up. Like, I I know that this took courage. It's not easy being a lone wolf among the sheep. And I think that if we at least not praise these people, not make them more money, not any of this. It's just like when, um, you know, baseball players or hockey players say, hey, enough is enough. I do think that we should come in support of these people. Now, again, I'm not telling you you have to love these people. I'm not saying that you have to go out and buy all their movies. I'm not saying, oh, well, you know, buy all their albums. No, 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 no. It was a good conversation. He went back and he said, like, look, that apology wasn't even mine. It was written by my publicist. And actually, somebody here said it, um, you know, uh, como se llama? where was it? Like Fred Casillas. I, I think you're still in here. Like, so then why say anything? Like, why, why did you post? It wasn't him. And this is something that we've talked about here. These artists aren't always in full control. Like their contracts might stipulate that their publicists must respond on their behalf. But Neo probably broke a lot of protocols in order to issue this video. He probably thought about it long and hard. He has seven children, which I had no idea the brother had that many. I'll be very, I'm slacking. I only got three. Pero I know the idea that the guy had seven children. 
he has to think about their safety and he has to think about them also because it's not just going to be him. When you're famous, everyone you touch, everyone around you is automatically a target. Now, again, I'm not telling you feel sorry for these people. Not saying any of those things. I've got my views. You've got your views. That's fine. But to me, it doesn't make sense to just outcast every single celebrity and generalize them and paint them all as bad. Them not speaking out. Like, was I upset that Mario Lopez, a Hispanic conservative Catholic man, didn't speak out about the Dodgers, seeing that he is sponsored by the Dodgers and that he goes to almost every game? Of course I'm upset. It sucks. But you know what? I understand that he's got mouths to feed. He doesn't have, and in many ways, he doesn't have the freedom that I do. I can say these things. I can go out and pray. And God uses everyone different. And what I will say is there's a lot of good people in Hollywood. And sometimes they're, you know what, to a fault, whatever. Again, not feeling bad for them because it comes at a price, right? That their ministry is there. Their ministry is to keep the the status quo, to not let Hollywood completely devolve. And maybe they're inspiring other people. Maybe they're able to bring in good, good people with them, right? Into Hollywood. I don't know. Just a, th just a thought. I'm not going to expound. Now I've got the hiccups. Um, not going to expand too much about this, but good for Neo for doing a 180. Good for him for speaking out. I think this is extremely uh, good. And now to the last video that I wanted to share with you guys. Perfect timing. Um, but this is something that I wanted to share with you guys yesterday. I had it say for you guys. I just thought it was a very important conversation. And I'm going to go into my two cents about this, and I'll let you guys decide for yourself. So as you guys obviously know, Candace Owens, or might not know, Candace Owens recently interviewed Andrew Tate. There's a lot of people very upset that the likes of Tucker Carlson and Candace Owens have interviewed Andrew Tate, and it looks like in a positive manner. I understand that there are allegations against the Tate brothers. I know that there are a lot of videos out there of things that they practice before. But like I told you guys before, the devil loves bringing up who they used to be because maybe they've changed. Maybe their views have changed. Maybe they were those men and they are being tried for what they used to do. But to me personally, and I say this as a Christian man, I say this as a man with a very bad record. Uh, yeah. Yes, I'm going to leave it at very bad record um, and, a, and a very shadowy past that who you are today is not a reflection of your past. Obviously, hey, if you did something wrong, let justice be served, my friend. You did the crime, you'll do the time, right? I don't know. These things are alleged from everything that I've seen. And I think Candace Owens even has a separate podcast doing her own investigation into the Tate brothers and saying, I'm just not convinced of it entirely. And I think that's fair. You got to remember, we live in a world where you are innocent until proven guilty. And also for context, everybody, you guys already know how I feel about the Tate brothers. Personally, not a fan. But, and, and, and this video is why I wanted to show you why I'm not a fan also. But this is Candace Owens. And Andrew Tate, this is just a snippet of the podcast. I'm about one hour in to that entire podcast with Andrew Tate. So far, so good. Um, nothing super controversial, I see. But here's this video for you guys. 
And, you know, I definitely do not know enough about the Islamic faith to sit here and debate you on it. I'm never a person that will debate somebody on something that I'm not an expertise on. But I will say that I'm sad that you're not a Christian anymore. And I, I can sense perhaps it's because you felt that Christians weren't doing a good job defending their beliefs. Yeah, I think that God should be feared. I fear God. It's one of the only things I fear. If I went to an Islamic country, I felt God. You don't feel any God. How is it a Christian country if Satanists are mocking Jesus on the streets? I understand what you're saying. If you're thinking that America is a Christian country, Christianity is getting it wrong. Yeah. And the truth is that America is no longer a Christian country. We're being run by people that are satanic. Hollywood is satanic and Hollywood is running America. So you're not wrong. But I think that right now America is facing a spiritual battle. And for the first time in a very long time, Christians are starting to stand up and speak about our principles. I hope so. And I could have used you. <laughs> I was wondering. Did you see how uncomfortable he got at the end where he said, we could have used you? And he's like, oh, <laughs> you know, because it's true. And this was always my problem with this philosophy. How can you call yourself a Christian man? How could you claim to be Christian and be able to change your faith from one day to the other? Because it is of your opinion that in Islamic countries, you could feel God because there are laws that protect Islamic faith. And to an extent, I agree. I think that Christians should be doing more. And I think that we are doing more. I am one of the very few Christian men that tell you, stop running away, stand up and fight. It is time for us to take back, take back ground and, and we need to fight back hard. No more live and let live. We're changing the culture. I can't tell you, you know, it might not seem to you, but there are people listening to this podcast. There's people that tune in. And we are changing lives every day. But what I will say is, this is one of my biggest problems that I had with Andrew Tate a while back. And this is something that I had to sit down and discuss with my Christian children, specifically my oldest son, who would say things and repeat things that Andrew Tate said, what, uh, most noticeably, what color is your Bugatti? And when I asked him about Andrew Tate, he only had base things to say about Andrew Tate that him and his friends would regurgitate. And then I had to show him the interviews of Andrew Tate of his past, what he believes, the fact that despite having 10 to 12 children, he doesn't need, when he's asked how many children he has, he says, I have around this many. Imagine not knowing how many children you have. That's kind of nuts. This man is not married to any of them. He is single. He's promiscuous. And hey, that is what a lot of atheist agnostic men appreciate about this man is that he's a womanizer. He has it all. He's got the Bugatti. He's got the he's got the money. He teaches virtuous things, except he's also a womanizer, and he teaches men how to grab women. His brother actually has a video teaching men how to attract virgins and take their virginity and move on to the next one. Not a big fan by any means because it's the opposite of Christianity. What are we doing here? But this is my problem with Andrew Tate, and I had a lot of people unfollow me, including Christians that said that I was a grifter, that I would never be able to be as rich as Andrew Tate, and that I was simply envious and jealous of the man. Um, couldn't be further from the truth. And one of my problems was that he left Christianity for Islam because he felt like Christians don't fight back. But my brother in Christ, then why didn't you fight back as a Christian? Why would you just flee a religion to another one that you found to be more based? 
and what's interesting is there's many traditional Islamic and, and Muslim people that disavow Andrew Tate's and Sneekos, another big commentator, that use Islam as a grift. They say like they're not practicing Islam. They're not real Muslims. It's almost like the conundrum that we have of, with the conservative right and the Christians. Like, oh, those are not real Christians. Well, because they're not following doctrine, doctrine, right? So the same thing is happening. These people profess that they're Islamic or that they're changing to Muslim views, but they don't even follow doctrine of the Quran. And a lot of Muslims call them out. And it's like, well, dude, you're just doing the same thing you were doing in Christianity, except you abandon it to become Muslim. And I love that Candace kind of pushed back on that. It's like, you know what, man? You you might be right. We do have a Christian problem in America. Maybe it no longer is a Christian nation. Maybe we do have this problem. And, and, and maybe, yes, we need to start fighting back. But we could have used you, man. We could have used you. And you saw how uncomfortable he visibly got. Like, damn, like that's a, that's a really good point. And isn't that like what I'm always talking about is, my brother and sister in Christ, we could have used you in California. I look at the Daily Wire, and, and they're a multi-billion dollar company, I believe now, or if not close to it. And they left California to Tennessee because things got too hard in California. My brothers in Christ, we could have used you in California. We could have used that money you were making. You could have created an entire culture shift in California. But you left. Running away isn't an answer. It should be a last resort. And to me, this is what I saw in Andrew Tate. I saw a man that lots of self-discipline, don't get me wrong, but doesn't have the self-discipline where it matters most, building a family. And I've said this many times, and again, every single time I say this, people come after me. You have the self-discipline to train yourself, your body every day, but you don't have the self-discipline to love one woman the rest of your life. You don't have the self-discipline to instruct your own children. You don't have the self-discipline to know how many children you have. And, and he masks all of this and validates all of this by saying, but I will offer my children things that no other father can. They're going to get quality education. They're going to live a life that I never lived. They're going to live a life that 99% of the world won't live because they have everything. But my brother in Christ, they don't have a father. They don't have someone that's present every day. I took all three of my children to school today. My little one said, can you please walk me because I'm nervous and I don't know who my teacher is. I got to walk them all the way inside. And I got to hug them and kiss them and tell them, son, you have a good rest of your day today. And when you get out today, I will be there to pick you up. You can't buy that. You can hire someone to do that, but you can't buy that. You can't replace it. Your children like have such a they have such a big need for you, especially as a father. And this is where like I clash because it's like you're projecting that men should be better, that should men should be bolder, that they should be good fathers, that they should be good stewards of the community. But stewardship starts at your home, Andrew Tate. Good stewardship starts in being a good father to your children. Sure, maybe I will never 
be able to afford the quality education that you can afford for your children. Okay, you win, I guess, you know, but I can say that I drop off my children and I'm able to look them in the eye and they can rest assured, God willing, for heaven forbid anything bad happen in between, that when they get out, I will also be there. They can rest assured that every single night, no matter how long of a day I've had, I will be home. And there's not a single day. There's days where I leave in the morning and my kids are like, where are you going? I'm like, I, I got a lot of stuff to do today. I got to go into the studio. I've got business meetings in Orange County. I've got to take phone calls. I've got, I've got to go out to a political event from 7 at night to 10 at night. I'll be home. And when I come home, they're all asleep already. And I, you know, I told myself like, hey, I, I wish I could be here all day. I wish I could, but I can't because I got to work. And that's fine with me. I've made my peace with that, especially because we are commanded by God that by the sweat of our brow, we will work and until the earth, until the day that we die, right? And, and to be able to provide for our children. So I'm okay with that. But not once do I just come home and just go straight to my bed and go to sleep. I always check into my children, even if they're sleeping. And I always say, thank you, God, that I'm able to come home to my children despite a very long day. And that I'm able to at least, hey, do they have the covers on properly? Is, is something covering their face? Are they okay? Are they too hot? Whatever the case might be. And I say, thank you, God, for allowing me to be here. Those small things make a difference because I'm 35. And throughout the summer, we were playing a lot of Fortnite. We were playing a lot of video games together as a family. And I remember growing up, I had video games. And I can't think of a single time that I lost to Mario Kart or won at Mario Kart to my father. And I was able to look over to him and say, I'm having a good time with you, Dad. I, I can't remember that. I don't have any memory of that. Sure, there's a lot of things that we did together growing up. But meaning when I needed him the most, when I was the most vulnerable, four, five, six, seven years old, he wasn't there. and and. Thankfully, God was, and I've, and I've talked about this in length. I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad. I know I have a lot of single parents in here, maybe divorced parents. I don't know. It's not about that. I'm just giving you my my sentiment here, my, my story. And we're playing Mario Kart, and, and he looks over at me, and he's like, Dad, this is the best day ever because I'm playing Mario Kart with the kid. And to me, I thought to myself foolishly, I'm like, Dude, this is your best day ever. I've had way better days. And, you know, that's where my mind runs to. You know what I mean? I'm like, dude, this is your best day over. And then it really hit me. It really, really hit me. I sat there and I thought about what he said. At first thinking like, well, what, what a silly thing. But okay, you know, he's just a little kid. He doesn't know any better. But then it really hit me. And I'm like, you know what? This kid is seven years old. At seven years old, my dad was gone. I could never remember a time at seven years old where I can simply look over with controller in hand, having a good time, having a silly goose time with my dad and say, dad, today's the best day ever. And I, and I thought to myself like, man, that right there, you know, um, amazing. And it's, it's those little things in life, man. Sure. 
you can give them the best education. And I think that should be the goal of all of us. Like we're all trying to obtain that. Who doesn't want to be wealthy? Who doesn't want to provide for their wife and their children? And I think that's always the goal, right? That's what keeps us going. Men, you know what I'm talking about. That's what keeps us going every single day, working hard, working harder to say one day I can afford the best education, whatever. But never forget, no matter how poor you are, it doesn't matter right? any of these things, no matter how poor you are, it doesn't matter if you don't have any color Bugatti, those small moments with your children or with your spouse or with the people that you love, that love are the things that money cannot buy. Don't ever forget that. So if you ever get rich and you make it big or you win the lottery, whatever the case might be, just don't forget those small moments because I'm telling you right now, I am 35, happily married, three children. And when my little one looks to me and says, dad, I'm having the best day ever. Immediately, my mind goes to, I never had these moments. But why? Like, why would I think that, right? Why would I think? I have a house. I have a five-bedroom home. I have two cars that are fairly new that are paid off. We don't have any wants or needs, thankfully, because it, because Christ continues to bless us. God continues to bless us. But my mind went to that because it was something I never had and that I wish I had. You know? So good conversation, I think. And um, a lot of people angry, and I'll end it here. A lot of people angry that Candace Owens is giving Andrew Tate the time of day. There's a lot of people that really hate Andrew Tate. Again, me personally, I don't tune into Andrew Tate. I'm not part of the membership club. I'm not part of that um, that tier system that they have going on. Uh, I understand that he's obviously well-established. In my personal opinion, he's a good-looking guy. Um, obviously very famous. I think very influential. I think a lot of what he says is right, I, I think. But again, personally, I just don't tune in. I'm, I'm not looking to like, oh, I wonder what Andrew Tate said today. If I catch snippets, good. But I think if anything, this this interview, and, and here's what I will say is, sometimes as journalists or people in media, we interview people because no one will be able to interview the way we interview. And I think this snippet right here was worth the interview. Reminding Christians, hey, you don't just leave Christianity you don't abandon the gospel because Christians have lost their way. You set the example. You take ownership of it. You make it anew. I would never. Yeah, there's a lot of things that Muslims do in Muslim countries. I'm like, man, I wish we had that here. I wish we did that. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to turn Islamic and, and move to a Muslim country and be like, hey, I'm Islamic now. Let's let's be based together. No, I'm going to work that in my own home. I'm going to work that for Christianity. That's what I want. I want a proper, prosperous Christianity. And if I'm just one cog in the machine that's that's making it better, that's making it more well, then hey, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyways, all right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and end it here. Um, kind of went on a little bit more than I, I should have, but I, I hope that message resonated with you. And just remember that doesn't matter what color your Bugatti is or if you don't own a Bugatti. Just be present. And again, not trying to judge the guy. I don't know what he's like with his children. I just go off of the sound bites. I don't know what he's really like. I And I've said this before. I think he's playing a character. Um, it is what it is. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for joining me this Tuesday, August 8th. Uh, God willing, I will see you guys tomorrow, Wednesday morning. It will might, might be a short one because we do have the Wednesday evening podcast. Tomorrow we have guest Chia Chacon, who is the founder of March for the Martyrs. 
ironically talking about Christian persecution and the Christian faith and what we could do better as Christians. So make sure that you set your notifications on uh, for YouTube. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. You don't want to miss any any of this. We've got rotating guests on Wednesdays, people you guys want to hear. And we're only two weeks away from the first presidential debate with the Republican primary candidates. So tune in, guys. I will see you guys. I, I know, but you're, Martha with the $2, but your big sis was there and I beat you. Yeah, thank you so much for whipping me as a kid. I appreciate you, sis. All right. God bless you guys. Have a good rest of your Tuesday. God willing, I will see you guys tomorrow, Wednesday. God bless, guys. Take care.